Welcome to Mind Movement. It is 10 p.m. again on Sunday, the end of week six of our stay-at-home pandemic situation. And now for several weeks in a row, I've stopped counting. Chris Shellman, the legend, and I have managed, I mean miraculously managed, truly, to meet again 10 p.m. on Sunday night. So this is it's really quite the accomplishment, uh, given our track record. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. It took a global We're on fire. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's all it took, Chris, for after 20 years of knowing each other. Is it? Yeah, six, <laughs> 15, 16 years. And, you know, sand ain't now. No, no, no. No, but here we are. Yeah. So we meet again. We meet again. It will continue afterwards, we promise. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We are... Working that out now in time as we, at least we are here rumblings about getting back to some form of normal, but I'm still a little reluctant to get too excited. (laughs) Yeah, I would, yeah. I mean, I saw somewhere the 27th, Mm -hmm. um, but then that's, I would kind of consider it like a soft open or a slow open if it's even the 27th. Yeah, I think that's tomorrow, is it not? (laughs) Oh no, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> May 27th, May 27th. Oh, thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm enjoying we'll this thing. I don't, I'm not, I gotta need, I'm going to need a week to get back into work shape. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually right? I think it's going to be a slow enough transition that you won't have any. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and a lot is going to be different. I mean, I, I think we've talked a lot about this in many different forums, but I don't know that our lives are ever going to be quite the same as they were before. So, yeah. But last week, you and I had talked a little bit about using, or the last couple of weeks actually, about using this time as an opportunity. We had talked about how, you know, um, when we, well, our first conversation about using this as an opportunity was sort of really about having that 30-day mark that we knew we were going to have. It was, you know, what, at that point, March 15th? Yeah, so it was about, no, it was April, whatever it was, it was the 15th, and we knew it was March 15th, and we knew that we were going to have a month. So now we have been doing this longer than a month, but and even though we may not know for how much longer we're going to be stuck at home, I think it's even more important now because what I'm noticing and what I'm certainly feeling is there is now, with the weather starting to change a little bit, we had a beautiful day yesterday you know, this sort of feeling inside, like, I, all right, I want to go now. I, you know, mm. I want to, but now I can't. I want to, but now I can't. And it's starting to feel like there's this force that's keeping me from being able to do what I wanted to do. So it was okay for six weeks. And now it's sort of getting to that place where it's like, mm, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to get out. I want to do stuff. But at the same mm. time, what I'm noticing out there when I'm out in the world is that there's a lot of tension that everywhere I look, people are arguing, you know, I happen to be waiting outside of like a CVS. We, at some of these drugstores, as I'm sure people are aware, you have to wait before they'll let you in because they're only letting a certain amount of people in. So it was just me and one other gentleman waiting and he's, you know, beside himself, swearing, you know, whatever, <laughs> really irritated. And I just kind of threw up my hands out. I'm like, yeah, but like, 
this is the situation we're in. I've yeah. heard from colleagues and friends that uh, one of my friends mentioned that she observed a brawl, an actual all-out brawl that, that started over two bicyclists, you know, having some kind of a conflict. And then all these other people joined in and sort of, you know, then I heard about uh, someone being attacked because they were running and not wearing their mask. So I feel like, you know, um, there's a lot of tension and, and it makes sense because of the situation that we're in. Yeah. But what people really don't get is that, you know, there's always a consequence. And one of the things that, and certainly in active addiction, these are the kinds of things that we experience daily, at least towards the end. <laughs> You know, like you get into these kinds of conflicts where we don't want to wait in line at the supermarket and we're seething and, you know, we get into these little altercations all the time. I, I had one client, one time he was on a subway late at night coming back from the bar, saw a homeless man laying on the subway and felt the urge to literally kick him off onto the ground. So he literally pushed him off the subway you know, the, the bench yeah. and threw him on the ground and then felt so guilty afterwards that he threw money at him and then walked into, walked off the train. Wow. And it's, but these are the kinds of things that, you know, an active addiction we might do. But the problem is that story has stayed with this client ever since. I mean, he's been mm -hmm. sober many years now, but it's like, unless you're a sociopath, when we get into these arguments, we replay them often afterwards, you know, we go back and we relive and then we have to justify our behavior and then we get very defensive and then we get more aggravated and more angry. And this stuff can stay with us for a long time, making matters, you know, even worse and even sometimes much, much worse. So, and that's just one small ramification, but I guess my, my point is that, you know, <laughs> we talked about the opportunities here to use this time as a way to kind of get healthy or like get your shit together. Right. Yeah. And it appears that that's not what I'm seeing. It appears that people yeah. are starting to come undone a little bit. Yeah. The, um, you don't want to get to the point where the inmates are taking over the asylum, but it kind of has that feel like, uh, mm. like you're in the yard. Just, I, I noticed people's fuses are ex extremely like we're, I see a short fuse on a regular basis, but yes, the, the fuses are much shorter. Um, like every, every dad is had a bad day at work and dinner's cold and whoever's yeah. in front of me is going to get it. I find it so, um, two reasons I find it a little nutty is because we're all aware of what's going on. Like there's six people allowed in my entire pharmacy up here where I live. A lot more than six people live in the neighborhood. Um, right. So, yeah, like knowing that going in, I'm already like, you know, it used to drive me nuts when people would pay for gum with a credit card. Now <laughs> I'm like, this is what you're, this is it. So just, this is it. So my mindset is like, mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen. Unfortunately, yeah, other people still think that we're going to be able to, I, I think that one of the ramifications for this life is like, we're not going to be able to fucking motor it, <laughs> you know, like, no, right. I'm, a, I'm a point A to point B guy weaving through people on the sidewalk get out of my way i've kind of reserved to the fact that that's not really probably a possibility anymore yeah. um and then the other part of it um yeah maybe it's it, maybe it's self and um, people are just at their wits end with it all and yeah there could be a little um you know like 
<clears throat> six weeks was enough. Now it's nice out. Now that I, it's nice out and I want to do stuff I want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this, but I want to, I want to get things that I want and this is getting in my way and now it's a problem. So I think. In yeah. The, I think um, we're seeing that. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's like just crazy. Why wouldn't people just understand that it, you got to be patient with like, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. <laughs> I think like the yeah, news but- came out with something like that too, about these brawls and people getting in rumbles. I mean, guys mm-hmm. on bikes should be so happy right now. It's never going to get better for them. (laughs) See, but this is the thing, Chris, right? Like what people don't realize, this is why, like what we preached around the clock at Mind Movement, what people don't know is that when something like this is happening all at the same time, when there's a pandemic and even just, I was talking to Molly last night about how when I walk outside and I see a, a stranger in a mask, only references I've ever had for people in masks is either I'm in a hospital or it's like somebody has bad intentions. Yeah. Skiing, right? Like, I mean, there's, yeah. but masks generally are not something that you, you see and feel good about. Like they generally are intended to hide. Yeah. And so every, every person you look at, can be inducing a fear response automatically. So there's this yeah. level of, of fear that's, that's at baseline just going to be higher everywhere we are, just based on everything that's going on. And what people don't know when, yeah. like you said, you're at your, like that, that breaking point, like right at the edge, but that's happening because physiologically that's where we're living right now. We're living at that edge. If you're not, creating new strategies to deal with that new baseline. Mm. And what I was also saying to Molly earlier today was like, the only reason why I'm sane through this is because I used to be so um, miserable and angry and anxious all the time while everybody else was living life, right? Whether they were feeling the same way or not, irrelevant. The only way that I could tolerate getting through a day without really being like, so unhappy and seething was to start to take action to feel better. And that's where like meditation and all these other things started to come together for me. Even just 12 step meetings were not enough for me personally. Like they certainly opened every door in the world. And then I felt like I needed, I was still too sick. (laughs) I was still seething and miserable. So and the only reason I did any of this stuff that I've done is because of that unhappiness and, you know, desire to change that. So that's the only reason why, like, and even in this situation, I've had to up my game in order yeah. for me to stay sane because like everybody else, I'm at my, like right at that edge. Otherwise, Same here. So, you know, I feel like if we're not, if we don't realize that we have to make these adjustments, we're really, we are going to be like, you're saying we are going to be just constantly like, hanging on by a thread yeah wheels are coming off (laughs) yeah yeah so it's like you got to do something you know that's a really good point it's an excellent point about um had i not done the work that i've done up to this point how would i handle all this stuff and to that point um people not like i'm still getting to that point even with all the work which means there's more work to do but um Right. Yeah, like the other day, lost, like lost it internally. Um, I know not to freak out outside anymore, but really lost mm-hmm. it internally because it was just somebody, didn't, you know, it happens a lot and it's petty, but like pick up your dog shit. I think I've said this before, but literally fuming. 
because it was like, you know, not to get graphic, but it was, you know, hefty. It's a mm-hmm. pile. And so there I am, like, going down the street looking to see, you know, because I, like, just missed this person. And I'm like, where is this person? And I'm like, what am I going to do? Say, go pick it up? No. But, like, I usually, I'm I'm probably, I I never really get worked up. So even with with all the um, internal, like, uh, reflection and whatnot and the work that I've done, I'm still um, getting to that point. Or at least I notice and catch myself getting to that point, I think is what I'm trying to say. I'm able to catch myself um, being an idiot. Which, somebody, I'm not going to be able to change that person from picking up its... So right. it's the situation. The funny thing about going out, I, I tend to, there's a part of me that likes the mask, even like you feel different. You personally feel different with it on. Like yeah, I can yeah. just, no one's going to bother me. Right. You know, somebody, no one can bother me with this mask on and my headphones in. I, I'm in like, I'm in a bubble. Well, you're also like anonymous. I mean, no one knows yeah. who you are. Yes. Yeah, so I can, that's why I shook my head in agreement with like, there is like this automatic you know, whether you like it or not, built-in fear factor of, because, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, it's cowboys and Indians. Cowboy robs a bank with his bandana around his face, you know? Right, and right, exactly, so it's like, that's right. It's like built in there. <laughs> yeah, in every way that I can associate a mask like that on the street with somebody is not, yeah. it's not a good association. Yeah. And so, you know, and as a kid, I actually had fears of hospitals. Hmm. which is the other thing. So when I do see the hospital mask in particular, it's like, I'm either, yeah. I'm confused. It's either like a hospital association or like, yeah, serial killer or something bad. Right. Yeah, of course you start probably, you probably start smelling the uh, emergency room once you see them. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's serious stuff. So it's like, and that elicits by itself, just that not being able to see someone's face, you know, that's another thing. Like I know, yeah. I was watching the news and there was a, a doctor who's with these people who are dying and feeling so bad that he can't be personable. Like someone's sick yeah. and he's trying to deliver this horrible news to a family and he can't even show them his expression. And so he, somebody made him like stickers with his face and name on it. Like, so they at least could see like who he was. And then he had oh, yeah, like a smiley cool. face to try to break some tension to let people know that he's a good guy. And you know, because I mean, yeah, of course. I feel like that's would be really hard. Yeah, there's. I think. Yeah, I think you alluded to it last week as well. Um, like the, you've made me aware of like certain things that I might already be programmed with, and that being that being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere along the lines, I think you used the reference back in the day, or or with a snake handler. Or whatever, mm-hmm. like I don't know mm-hmm. if again I, I yeah. consist. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's misquoting you. So this might not have been <laughs> you that that used this example. It was, yes. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So basically, guy gets first day on the job, and he's he's working with poisonous snakes, and so the guy who's training him doesn't have any fear whatsoever because he's experienced and has been through this. Whereas the kid growing up his whole life, am I butchering this or I have it? No, that's, yeah, go ahead. So the kid, you know, his whole life is scared of snakes, scared of snakes. Now he's taking a job where he's handling them. So his initial reaction when he goes on his first run is like he's, it's, I think you said fight, flight or fight or whatever is like he freezes. Um, And then that, because of the process of like catching the snake and removing it and then catching another snake and removing it, it just, he reprograms his, Mm-hmm. you know, his, his internal 
reaction. Mech, yeah, exactly. So where he's like, the fear is gone. So that's, it, yeah. it can be worked out. <laughs> it can, it can. But right, that's right. So every time that you are presented with, in this, like a stimulus or a trigger, and you don't have the same response that you always did, you do start to extinguish the response. The problem is that most of us are not aware enough that we're having those responses. And so Molly and I are, mind movement is, is really built on trauma theory, theory yeah. of psychology that comes out of the study and evidence of the world of trauma. So we sort of look at everyone as having trauma that in trauma as defined by stuff that we don't, we're not aware of that's founded in the past in our history that's affecting us right now. So that, mm. and that gets kicked up sometimes without us knowing it. So our reaction is bigger than it, it might should be. Right. So in other words, if I'm on the street and I start flipping out because, you know, someone cuts me off in traffic, whatever it yeah. is, um, then if it's a really inflated response, then what has just happened is I was triggered by something going on in the now that essentially without me knowing it activated memory networks of some other event that was mm. never worked out. And that sounds like more dramatic than it really it's intended to be. In other words, there's little tiny things all day long that we come into mm. contact with that we might be reacting to, even though they weren't like, you know, Vietnam war reactions, Mm -hmm. But they're still inflated responses because of our history and how our history has mapped on to our emotions and in our thoughts in our brain. So well, those, those ones are tough to uh, those ones are tough to I uh, well at least it, you've, you I've become more as time goes on I've become more conscious of the little things because I can early early on and trying to get right years and years before I got right um one of the comments that um was said to me um that I've always related to is it's never the elephant in the kitchen it's the ants in the living room that drive us crazy and so going oh, that's going, interesting yeah because big things I can handle I can handle big things but like mm -hmm. trying to identify those little things you were talking about that are really the problem yeah I get, I don't know if it's like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know why I'm so blocked off to like, yeah, there's, there's nothing that's because that, this happened to me when I was seven. I don't buy into why it's affecting me now. So mm -hmm. I've become more aware of like, yeah, dude, perhaps, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> um, perhaps it, there's some credibility to it. Cause I hear the word conditioning a lot as well. Like we're conditioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. we're conditioned to react this way or we're conditioned to blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely have a higher awareness of it. Um, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. as, as far, <clears throat> as far as seeing it in public, I, I, I always take those situations and I'm, and I'm grateful that that's not how I'm reacting. Mm -hmm. Um, cause the message yeah. being we're coming together, but really like some of the wheels are coming off. I think the other part of it is we're, you know, I think, I think we are getting into the fourth quarter <clears throat> and I don't think people know how much time is on the clock, but we're That's definitely right. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So a lot of anxiety, a lot of people, are they going to get their jobs back? Will they have a job to go back to the people that I, I haven't, you know, I, I haven't gotten to see um, yeah. most of the people I've talked to are still like working. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there hasn't been a, a, like a ton of change for, th- for them per se, with the exception of my, you know, my brothers and my friends who have kids. But um, I do have, you know, the other part, like my three best friends, um, mm-hmm. all not working. And so mm-hmm. I got one chomp, both of them are chomping at the bit. Um, mm-hmm. so, and it's funny because they both handle them differently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think people, yeah, how, how it's being played out in the street is probably, I mean, they, for, if it was me, they'd say it's just untreated alcoholism, but I don't know mm-hmm. what the, I don't know what the normal term is for it, but it's something right. like that, but it's the fourth right. quarter. I mean, you got time to, mm-hmm. it's always time to change <laughs> mm-hmm. and you still got plenty of weeks at home easy an easy two weeks at home for sure yeah yeah i think but, probably a little little more than that even <laughs> i'm pretty yeah i agree i, I, doubt, I, agree. I doubt it uh just because yeah. i i doubt we're gonna have like mass testing in the next two weeks although i would be mm-hmm. wonderful if we did but i hear you mm-hmm. right the idea is yeah it's the, it is the fourth quarter so people are starting to get jumpy you know yeah. okay time is on the clock let's go let's go but it's yeah. still so scary and there's so much uncertainty. So that mm. also it's, there's just fear wherever you look, if you're looking ahead, yeah. I think yeah. that's, so the fight or flight thing is real. It's, you know, it's the main reason that we created mind movement. And if I'm being a hundred percent honest, it was because most people don't know to factor that body response in even within the mental health profession because nobody's fault we're not trained that way we're not trained to think that way like we're a lot more likely to to train hearing that when we're seven something is gonna bother us right Mm. so that we might hear but we don't understand the physical mechanisms so no one ever says hey when the body reacts no matter why when it goes into fight or flight this is what it sets off. It, it, it literally takes over your mind and now it changes perception. Like no one explains that. And so people don't know you mean that. Like in, are you, you mean, in, I'm sorry to cut you off, but do you mean like educationally, like when you're in school learning this stuff? Yes. Yes. Nobody gotcha. knows sorry, that. Sorry nobody in any, nobody in any field, nobody in medicine has taught that. Nobody yeah. in psychology has taught that. We're just, we just split them up. We just said, we're going to study the mind and thinking in psychology and in medical school, we're going to study biology and, you know, you know, whatever, maybe neurochemistry, but we're not, we're not bringing them together. And the lack of that basic, it's beyond straight. It's, there's real reasons as to do with the church and whatever, Uh, (laughs) you know, like it was intentional. It was entirely intentional because the belief was, so the whole way that, the whole way that we science began was like in the 1600s, French philosophers who wanted to study the body, right? This one guy, Rene Descartes, decided he wanted to study biology. So he knew he had to use cadavers to study biology. So he goes, he didn't want to, he knew that he was going to have to convince the church that he could desecrate flesh. So up to that point, you know, the idea of cutting a human body open and using its organs, right, moving around in there was not cool. <laughs> it was not, right? So he had to go and make this argument that, look, this is for the sake of humanity. And the way he figured the argument was the soul has left the body. Look, the soul left the body, right? So, so it's okay. It's just a dead body. So we're going to use that and it's going to help us while we're still in this body. 
But I promise that we as scientists, we're not going to touch the soul. The soul is going to be all you guys. And how they figured the soul was thoughts. Like your inner life was considered the soul and the outer body was science. And so for the next 400 years, if you were in science as a, you know, if you were a medical doctor and you brought up thoughts far into the 1900s, you would be laughed out of the room because they were looking at what was quantifiable and it's really difficult to quantify thinking. It got, in other words, over the years, the spirit and the brain thoughts became so attacked, like it became a religious issue. And because scientists basically said religion is hogwash, they threw out thoughts with the, with, as a part of that, right? Sigmund Freud comes along, right? The godfather of psychology. And he says, I think that medical illness can be caused by the mind. He starts to study that. And then the church and his colleagues put so much pressure on him because the church felt like if you could make that argument that the mind controlled the body, that the mind affected the physical body, that it was an argument against the creation story. And it was an argument for evolution if the soul and the biology were one thing. And does that make mm. sense? Yeah, yeah. So he wound up saying, you know what? I like, he was a narcissist. He wanted to be in the public spotlight. So he threw it all away and said, I'm going to go study like penis envy, which is what he wound up studying instead, right? And now he's got his own TV show on Netflix. Right, that's right. So, you know, so now he's the godfather of psychology. And not only that, he, he intentionally created the, the field of psychology intentionally not using language of science. He intentionally used the language of English, literature, and anthropology so that you never think in scientific terms when you start to engage with psychology. And so, mm. so there really is, you know, really was this intentional, you know, designed to keep the mind out of the equation so people don't know that their mind affects their body. They have no mm. idea. So why does that matter? So just to bring this back to what we were talking about, if you are in your 60s, right? And yeah. like most people, so we have this huge chunk of our population, be all the baby boomers now, like moving into their mid-60s. Mm -hmm. And there's this huge contingent. And what's happening is body starts to break down, start to get a lot more likely to have physical illnesses. Well, What's happening there, if you have all this stuff that you've never addressed ever, so if I'm sitting on a mountain of emotional and psychological problems that I've just been running from 65 years, mm -hmm. you can't escape. And so that's really, and, and you know, like just for us as we get older, it catches up. It catches up. And so what I'm seeing now, both in my life and in my friends and associates, all that stuff that we were able to outrun when we were young, is starting to <laughs> catch up one way or the other, you know? And yeah. so, and if it doesn't get you emotionally, it'll, it'll get you in the, in the physical and the body because of the way that the mind affects physiology and biology. So, you know, so this stuff is real. It's not, it's like, uh, it's like, it's just automatic is the way I want it. You know, like you said, it's, it's like, um, 
like you didn't say habit, but you would, how did you say it was like pairing? What did you say that it was like conditioning? You said conditioning is the word yeah. that that's the buzzword. Yeah. That's the buzzword right. that I hear a lot of. And I, I'm kind of a caveman. So when I, you know, I hear it over and over again, um, obviously I become interested in what that means. <laughs> you know, I got to hear it at least 10 to 20 times before it sinks in that like, all right, this might be a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just find it weird that no, like knowing that this is I, I, to this day that it's still separated. It's kind of weird to me, but probably yeah. a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. It's beyond weird. Well, that's like, that's the bane of my existence, Chris. It's why, yeah. why we're having this. It's, it's what this conversation is for, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. It's, it's the single most frustrating, you know, thing in the world because yeah. how can I, how can I psychologically treat you if I don't understand the effect that the body has on the mind? And I don't know that, if I don't understand these things and it's very hard to it's it's a lot, do my a lot job. more in, it's a lot more than um the uh the uh the fuck everything and run and face everything and recover analogy. A little deeper than that. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that analogy. Uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, there's you know, go to a meeting, you'll hear thousands. What is that? What that. was it? Like it's like fuck it and run and stay and fight. That's what I heard. I'm not Fe- sure if that was what you said. Um, no, our, um, what are they called? Anagrams or whatever? Fear. So it's fear. And so fear is either, either oh. face everything and recover or fuck everything and run. Oh, I so like that. Oh, face wow. everything and recover. You have so much wisdom. Or, face everything oh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a parrot of many AA meetings and people that have become before. Not one of them yes, my own. I've been to hundreds of AA meetings and I've never heard that before. Face everything and recover. Yeah. So. So yeah. Uh, again, again, AA setting it were self help groups setting the foundation for trying to get well, giving you like the the building blocks. But like you, I I certainly felt that while I still incorporate them into my daily life because I'm a believer that if I get too far away from that, I'll lose touch with my that 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 part of me. Yeah. Um. That's never going to go away. Uh. But yeah, I I remember having a conversation like that three years ago. Uh, with a buddy of mine where it's like my body or like my, in my body or my mind or my spirit was yearning for something more that I was not getting there and that I was not going to find in a church. Um, I find a lot of peace of mind in church, but until I started to um, be conscientious and do a little better job meditating and doing a better job of self-evaluation um, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I said that a couple of weeks ago where I got in touch with my spirit a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, mm-hmm. but so yeah, great foundation, but I need, I, and I still need something more. I mm-hmm. never want to go back to who that was. And now that this thing has shown me what it can do, I'm, I want more. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So that's right. Well, that's the benefit I, I think of the work though. It, you can keep going up. Uh-huh. Like you can keep feeling better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never wanted it to get to the point where like um, the meetings and stuff I was doing was the was the drug. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I didn't want to yes. sub. I don't want to substitute the feeling mm. I got from a meeting, the good feeling I got when I left. And I'm, you know, I have friends that I've said that to, and they don't understand what I'm saying. Um, mm. I didn't want to like 
I, I didn't want to like it be six o'clock. I don't feel good. I'm going to go to the meeting because that will make me feel better. So in my mind, to me personally, that's mm. like, well, why don't I just do a bump? <laughs> or like, why don't right. I just Because like, it's the same. I'm going there for a feeling. And so when I got myself to that point, mm. I was like, I kind of need to explore a little more. Um, I yeah. certainly like... I certainly like doing it with meetings and in this format and with mind movement and stuff like that, because I, a lot of stuff I do on my own and then I, you hit a roadblock alone. <laughs> you do. Um, so. That's right. Yeah. Well, always look, oh, yeah. Always looking to peak somehow. I don't think if I'm not chasing a mountaintop, I'm, I'm stuck <laughs> like onto the next mountain. <laughs> no question, Chris. Well, that makes sense, though. Like, there's a lot packed into what you just said. First of all, like, there are some who believe that, like, the mind or, like, the spirit, whatever you want to say, its purpose is to create stuff. So we're designed to, like, generate an idea and then see it through to execution. But then when we get there, it's not like we're designed to be like, this is, this is it. I can die now, you know? No, we get there and, like, immediately we're like, all right, new idea. Let me see that through to execution. So we all have shades of what that looks like for us, but that's built into the mental experience or spiritual mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it, the inner life. The mm -hmm. body, however, has a different agenda, and that agenda is to survive and to survive the species. So the problem with that is, and this is what makes us vulnerable to addiction, you just hit the nail right on the head, the reason the part of the brain that is responsible for addiction is the same part of the brain that floods when we get in love, when we feel in love, which is what inspires sex, which is what inspires procreation, or when a mother stares at their newborn infant, the brain is flooded with oxytocin and dopamine, just like when I'm in love. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps you as the mother attached and trying to keep your baby safe, which is what survives the species. So that's mm. exactly the part of the brain that drugs go in and attack. But what that does is it goes in and then prevents me from being able to get that met through relationships with people. Because as you know, if I'm fucked up all the time, then what yeah. happens is my relationship with people suffers and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So what we create is a situation where over time, the drugs are our what's called primary relationship. Like they're first of course. over people. Of course. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> That's why like when a family member is like, how could he steal from me? You know, you're like, well, sorry, but you moved into the number two spot, mom. You're not yeah. as important now. Yeah. So, so that's how drugs work, but that's, it's the tragedy of it is it's biological. It's like, no, it's not that it's not a, it, it, it goes into the body and it basically it takes everything over. Yeah. Well, like, so if, if I always hear mind over matter, mind over matter, but if, if I look at most of my instances and the examples you're saying, how come the body like is so like always is so constantly winning? <laughs> all the time mm -hmm. why is that that's a great question well the body only so the mind is the governor at all times except one one time it isn't and that is when we're actively in fight or flight mm -hmm. so when we're anxious or afraid that's why i was saying like these people that are fighting in the stores it's yeah. the one condition under which because 
essentially there's like a there's like a switch in the biology like i said the body's only job is survive if mm -hmm. for even a second there is perceived a potential threat to your survival you mm -hmm. go into like alert mode and that alert mode changes the brain chemistry it changes the blood flow it changes your heartbeat it changes your breathing it changes perception it changes everything so mm. it goes in and literally it literally becomes like glasses that you now filter all of your senses through so as i'm walking around and i see a mask unconsciously i've just activated my stress response now i'm holding my daughter a little closer my mm -hmm. muscles just got tight my blood the blood leaves the prefrontal leaves the smart part of my brain runs to my limbs in case mm. I need to run away or stay and fight. So all my smartness just left mm. the building in favor of survive. So mm. it's really easy in that mode to lose my shit because yeah. I believe on some biological level that I have just, uh, potentially my life is at a danger, even though psychologically I know that in this moment I'm not going to die. My mm. body is reacting like, there could be a tiger around the corner and you and you couldn't even be sometimes not even aware that your body's doing that oh absolutely you won't know yeah. yeah most of the time you won't know unless it's a i mean look if you're really paying attention you'll see it but it's called blind spots and mm -hmm. unfortunately that's why you were saying you know you can't get well in a vacuum because there's all these blind spots we can't see what we can't see we need yeah. other people to draw out the things that are active in us still. Like yeah. if I don't have a partner living with me, it's just me all the time in my apartment, I'm like the happiest yeah. person in the world, right? <laughs> because yeah. there's nobody telling me, like nobody else I have to contend with. The second that there's somebody else here that has their own yeah. personality and drive and desire and things they wanna do, it's like, get the fuck out of my way. Like, right, I don't wanna deal with you. And now I'm, and I, I get explosive or I get angry or I get scared or sad, whatever, Yeah. right? So yeah, oh yeah, I'm agreeing. That's yeah. how we. That's how humans um, know. That's how like that's like our temperature. Like we know how we're doing based on our reactions to other people. But that's the one time. So you nailed it. I mean, the one time the mind is not over matter does not win is when we're in a fear. Yeah. But you also identified drugs. So when you bring drugs, an outside foreign invader into the mix, you have just mm -hmm. changed. You've changed the game considerably. Yeah. Because these are like the strongest, uh, heroin is like sex on steroids, right? I mean, yeah. this is the strongest, most pleasure inducing neurochemical, you know, transmitter on planet earth. Mm. So it runs shit is really, it's another way of saying it's going to take over because it's stronger. Well, I mean, that you. makes sense because in order to survive, I need it. So yeah, I'm constantly in need of the heroin and I constantly am in survival mode because I need that. Well, that's true too. Every day, all and day. And that's actually, it's a double, it's a double whammy with drugs like uh, that are really, that have these heavy uh, withdrawal because it's both that euphoric recall, like the recall of wanting to feel high and relief yeah. and avoiding pain. In most situations, it's usually one or the other that motivates us. It's either the, the perception of pleasure. It's like a ratio. Like, well, maybe I'm single and I want to date again. Well, dating is going to, well, but I really want to partner. No, do I really? Like, it's a ratio. Don't do it. Right. No, I'm not. But I'm saying, <laughs> my point is, though, like, every decision we make is like a, like automatic ratio. And, yeah, 
you know, drugs, they, they take over. I mean, they run shit. So yeah, they totally do. You, you make it's, you know, the thing is this, right? In the end, mind will win over matter in drug use. If that, like they say in AA, there's a window of opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have these moments, like you described the first night we, we met here. Like, yeah. you know, you have these moments where you just kind of say, you know what, like enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to leverage that moment and walk through that window, you have a chance to get out. Correct. But lots of people have many that they don't take. Yeah, I had, I had 16 years work. Exactly. <laughs> that I did not take, yeah. So when you're ready, your mind, you know, you can win, of course, over addiction otherwise. But, but the reason why AA works purely from a scientific perspective is largely because of the group, this piece about like, we'll love you till you love yourself. If you don't yeah. have that human connection that goes into those receptors that drugs used to occupy and yeah. reset the system, it's going to be very difficult. That's what dry drunk means. It means that I have a neurotransmitter system screaming at me and I've done nothing to change the wiring in my brain or body. That makes sense. All I've done is stop using yeah. but I'm the same person, which doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's funny because I, I, I was mentioning to you that this week was, uh, this week was like celebration week. So, you know, people were celebrating this week at, online, which is a new thing. Um, Wait, what do you mean? At, like the one year two years, you know, last week of the month that, and so mm. there were celebration, celebration it's an anniversary. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it completely brings me back every time to my first year, my first 90 days and that, mm. uh, especially the first 90 days. You know, I did the whole, um, I did what was required. I did the, the 90 and 90. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't doing a ton of work at first. So I relate to that like tipping point, you know, like just trying to white knuckle it to Mm. not go back to the same dead end that I was used to going back to. And then, yeah, you get with the group and you get with the work and all of a sudden the thought goes away somehow. But it was weird. It was weird seeing anniversaries online this week. Mm. It's different, but it was nice too, because it's been a gloomy week. You've been talking about the the fights on the street. I haven't seen it in the news. Mm. Um, yeah. I also told you that this week there was a lot of uh, ninth step stuff. Yeah. And so that was uh, ninth step being the, the amends portion of it. Um, so it was like a hope and sorrow week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so the emotions yeah, yeah. I, I think gathered with everything that's going on outside. Mm-hmm. Um, ninth step stuff, at least for me, because I told you I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of like, um, starting up a new fourth step. So I, I, you know, not taking anything from the long one I did before. I'm trying to do stuff from that point when I did it to now. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, so like, of course. You know, yeah. The first one's covering, you know, years of stuff. Um, but I found that listening when people were bringing up ninth step and the men's, it's funny how my mind immediately went to like the greatest hits of like mm-hmm. the people I fucked over the worst. And uh, to this day, funny. Like it goes right there. Hmm. Um, and so I don't know, I was, I was going to ask you, I don't know if that's because of that. So I didn't feel that way on the fourth part, the fourth step part, because that's stuff that's happened to me that I've done to myself. That part mm-hmm. I really have come to a, a grip with. Um, mm-hmm. But it was funny for the first, there's like 30 second intervals where like 
that I will feel a little guilty or I'll feel a little shame. Now I have the tools to get out of that real quick. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was, it's fun. I don't know if it's because there's the human element to it that it's like a, a person other than myself that I've wronged. Mm-hmm. And it could be 20, some of these are 20 years ago, but I'll remember it like mm-hmm. that. And it's like mm-hmm. those, it's like the back door for like your demons. Now I know how to keep the door locked. Yeah. Um, I think this week something popped in and and then an 80s song came on and that's like a new <laughs> trick. You, Huey Lewis and the News came on. Oh, you're you gonna, so, that's, Chris, you that's like miserable? how I think of you. How are you I like, still think of you as like, listen to the outfield and I'm cured. That's like forever going to be like your right thing. True. Is, so, have yeah. I said that before? I'm getting old. I forgot that. I think I remember. No, it was on your MySpace page, and I still remember your MySpace page, Chris. Like I remember it well. That's how. Like that's that's the deal. <laughs> how are you going to be upset? So I get. Yeah, I guess it's a tried and true method. But man, it was like <laughs> the outfield, uh, and it's, it was just crazy though. Like here I was, like you know, I, I I understand that I am not that person anymore. But man, there's still again to go with the growth thing. There's just, there's, I, I got a bag full of stuff, man. <laughs> six, six yeah. years later. And like the, like it, they, I just got the skin off the onion. Cause I, and yeah. so what that tells me being yeah. more experienced is these are things I need to address. Yes. Um, right. And then, so That's then, right. right. So like the yeah. chatter then became like, then it becomes like, hey, do you do it online? Do you do it through mm, zoom? Okay. And to me, Mm-hmm. To me personally, I, I would like if I owed Sam like a Sam an apology. I got to do that in person. Mm-hmm. But I also see the other side where like you're you're not allowed. I guess that's to each his own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was a it was a it was an eye opener that I'm fortunately um, not there yet because I'm committed to doing something else personally. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. they're in a row. Mm-hmm. But it was just crazy, man. I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess a lot of it still is. I don't like that asshole that I was. Well, oh. right. I was going to say there's two things happening with this process. So the first is like people are sort of just, they're like mirrors. So they highlight to us the parts of ourselves that we don't like. So the first piece of it and why someone would still be, uh, would still make us feel things we don't want to feel now after many years is yeah. because whatever that person, whatever they represent, it actually, it's funny because memory is not really what we think it is. Like most of our memories are much more colored by the now and our feelings now than we realize. So even looking back on a situation, you know, every time we recall an actual memory, it changes the memory. It goes back into our brain differently than it was. So it always, it's like the memories get shaded with the the present the reason i bring that up is to say whatever person you're looking at right now and feeling those that feeling about it's really probably a lot more like a reflection of what is really going on with you today so even though and so if i were working with you i might say well can you put into words in like one sentence exactly what bothers you so much about x y and z or about Mm -hmm. this thing now whatever you say, however you laid that out, Mm. we could then go, I could probably very easily say, okay, well, in the last 48 hours, was there something that happened that, you know, like that resonates with whatever you say? 
Interesting. And we'll be able to see, okay, this is why it's coming up now. It's not that it's invalidating that you have these feelings from the past. It's more like the reason that it came up the way it did today is about something going on today. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. I guess I got some, I guess the I have stuff some homework. That, right, some, that's right. Some fucking homework. Yes. And then the second part of that is like the re resolution of, I think it's because you, you brought up an interesting point, like the fourth step, which is making, you know, a fearless and moral inventory. So, you, mm -hmm. but we don't, you know, the fifth step, we share it with somebody, but it's still, yeah. we know we're safe. We're not going to take that. No one's, we don't <laughs> yeah. have to have a, you know, there's no conversation to be had there. The ninth yeah. step is like the only step that I like viscerally still feel an anxious response to because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to go confront this person. And what are they going to think of real. me? And yeah, it becomes terrifying. Yeah. So, and then like you said, then there's people that it's like, do they really need to hear from me 20 years later? Like, do I really, yeah. is it even okay for me to do this? Does this just make it them, you know what I mean? Whatever. So yeah, it brings up a lot of questions, but what I would say to anybody who's doing this work now, you know, it's, it's more about something now than it probably mm. is about whatever happened. Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't look at it from that way. That's I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Um, I mean, not to cop out and say that I don't have to make these amends. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> not know. saying that but, at all. But of course not. There's a re yeah, I mean, there's a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Um, yeah. Yeah, to the, to the point of like, I've had people, I've had um, sponsees that were like very adamant about like paying back their, their pot guy or like their drug yeah. dealer. And, and I'm like, dude, all right, you're missing mm -hmm. the point here. Like that's mm -hmm. so that you want to limit the casualties of your behavior, but not. Like it's, mm -hmm. some things are better left as is. Yes, so right. That's right. That being one of them, it's like you don't have to, you know. Right. Do Donate what you got to do. My personal right? opinion is right. Looking at other things, um, but yeah. So it, it you know, mm -hmm. if some of these things happened, there are certain ones um, that did happen, like fifteen, and sometimes there's you know. I'm, I'm not God and I don't see the future, but the, the sometimes words won't be enough. Um, mm -hmm. So do you let the sleeping dog uh, lie? And so right. then for that answer, I have the, the living amends, which, exactly. I, which I do. And so that, that's also a drive for me to get better. You know, I screwed mm -hmm. over a lot of people, a lot of mm -hmm. good people, mm -hmm. um, a lot of really good people. And so yes, the only thing. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say the only thing that, you know, that keeps the motivation going is sometimes I can't make that I'm sorry and make it stick unless I'm trying to be better today that I was given this better mm. blah, 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 sappy answer. No, but, that's not sappy. <laughs> I think there's right. But there's two things to be aware of in there. And I, and I always like to remind all of us, myself included of this, like one all I can do is send the message. I don't get to control the reception. And that's yeah. a big, like why somebody's motivated to do an amends is always an important part of the process. Mm. And that's why it comes in step nine. It's not step three. It's not step <laughs> four. It came yeah. later because you need to, you know, you need to have a clean house. You need to be able to see like, what's my shit? what's your shit and where's the line so in yeah. other words like i 
we, we often, we've been taught, you brought this up earlier in a way, we call it the victim mentality at Mind Movement, but we've been taught that the way to feel better is to manipulate the environment. And in other words, if you're, let's say we're in a love relationship, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes the idea is that if I want to feel better, you have to change. So I have a lot riding on you. In other words, I hate that you drink. And so it's driving me crazy. So I think I'm screaming at you every night. I'm threatening you to stop drinking. I'm doing everything that I think I can to get you to change your behavior because I believe falsely that the only power I have, the only way I can feel happy is if you change. So what happens is people get enmeshed. You know, in other words, like, I think the way for me to be happy is for you to change what you're doing. It's like the woman that was yelling at one of our, uh, a friend of mine while he was running. So she, he's jogging. He's not wearing the mask. She's like from across the street screaming, why you have to wear your mask? This woman believes in that moment that for her to feel better, she needs to get him to do something different. And that's what she's acting, right? But the problem is that rather than pointing at everybody else and saying what you think they should do, because you have no control there. So people, we've all been taught that the way to feel better is to manipulate the outside. Get other people, places and things the way you want. In the big book, they talk about it as there's that whole passage and I think it's how it works about being the director of the show, the the producer, the actor of your own show, right? Which always resonated with me, but it's more than that. Right. It, it's it's about where we think we have control and we think that. So what I, in other words, you got to in general, not you, but like we have to be willing to let go of the expectations that we're placing on somebody else. Like all I can do is take the step, how that's received, what they do with it, how they hear it. All of that is out of my control. And so rather than trying to think about how I want someone to see me and then my behavior being based on that, just letting it ride, just be me, let it go, let them do them. Right. And so the reason we call that the victim mentality at mind movement is not because it's like, Oh, poor me at all. It's because if I always need, and you mentioned it earlier, like going to meetings, if I always need something outside of me to be the way I want it to feel better, I'm fucking dead. I'm dead. Yeah. Huge eye opener for me. Yeah. So, so what do we do? Well, what do you mean, Sam? How can I feel better if I don't have a job? How do I feel better if there's a pandemic? Well, you got to, like we said last time, you got to start to take responsibility for your focus, what you give your attention to and your inner world. Like I can tell a story two different ways. I can look at the outside world and say, holy shit, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to, you know, in the history of my life. And I can keep saying that over and over, or I can say, yeah, this is a really hard situation, and but we're all in it together. And yeah. that actually is going to release different neurochemicals based on which, which of those stories I start to tell, yeah. right? And so, you know, you can release the neurochemicals that are going to continue to foster fear, but as I said, you're going to pay the piper because then you're walking around with that, like, loose fuse and you're not in charge. When you activate fear, the body has taken over the mind. So the only way to be in charge of your body is to tell the story the way you want it. The way that is in, not the way you want it, but the way that is in your best interest. Yeah. Like, so we tend to get caught on this whole thing about like, I'm right, you're right. I'm, you know, 
uh, wrong and right. Like there's one answer. And the tragedy here is like, no, actually it's just what's right for me. Yeah. And like, it doesn't matter what the right answer is. It matters what the right answer is for Sam. It matters what the right answer is for Chris. Right. Yeah. And it's great if those things are aligned, but instead of trying to get the other person to see it our way, can we just be okay coexisting without having to see, you know, it the same way? Does that make sense? Yeah, no. And it's something I'm, you know, it, it, it happens. Cause again, I mean, years of work ahead, but it, it happens in patches. And that's one of my goals is, is to see that happening while it's happening. Um, right. I'm blessed with being conscious enough to see after it already happens. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. my goal is to get to the point to be, it's happening and at a hundred percent level, you know, like most of the time, yes, yes, I'm on the, I'm on the better side of Chris, but I, I want to be able to identify when those little ants are like mm. after me in the moment. And I, yeah. Yep. So it, it totally made sense. Yeah. Just meditation. I agree. It's just slow Where things else? down. <laughs> right. That's Where it. Else? That's right. It's true. It's the answer. It's stupid. It's like, it's the answer to everything, right? Just meditate. And people are like, what, what does that mean? Just slow down. Yeah. Slow down so you can hear it and see it. And then you can, the slower you get, the more distinctions you see in yeah. all of these, in every moment, in every feeling discrepancy, in every shift in the body and the mind, you know, and yeah. that's what this is all about. Like, I remember in one of the mind movement, mindful movement classes that Sunday we hope to be able to have at the studio again, um, our Feldenkrais teacher, he was like directing our attention to what it felt like on like the small of your back that was like hitting the mat. And it was this, we went in like, like it was like the zoom lens in yeah, this one little I've spot of the body. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh my God, Crazy. there was a whole life happening there. Um, I know we ran out of time. It's 11. Yeah, that's fine. So, but anyway, the point is like, if you can slow down, um, that's the answer. It's always the answer. Well, it's just like, a, just like sports. Oh, wait, you I love the sports you. analogies, right? Yeah. When the game slows down. Yeah, that's it. That's when it all gets better. <laughs> Tom Brady, you know, like hitting the end zone. That's what happens. Like, or all the baseball players that they talk about, like, oh, well, the, you know, the seams on the ball, like being able to see yeah. the seams on the ball. And like, it's like the, the moment slows down. Yeah. I can only relate in a very amateur pickup basketball way, but it, <laughs> it's a, it really is a good analogy. Cause it's what you're, it's what we're tr you're trying to convey. It's like, you just, it happens. Exactly. That's yeah. right. Well, that's what you're saying. Like if I keep doing the training little by little every day, it'll get to that place where I'll yeah. wake up and it'll just be how I am. I'll just yeah. see it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as I'm working on it, I'm, you know, it's going, it's getting better. I don't know if I'll ever reach maximum output. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know it is time, my friend. Um, yes. You should think about joining me and Molly Godfrey on Tuesdays at noon at some point for our relationship roundtable conversation. Interesting. <laughs> uh, it's, Molly is an incredibly wise and um, has this very interesting knowledge set of intimacy and romance. Yeah. And I wish, I always say, if I had learned what I know from her now, like yes. 20 years ago, life would be so different. So it's worth potentially listening yeah. into, but we should definitely have you think yeah, about coming on. And you'll be here with us tomorrow at four o'clock for our addiction yeah. conversation, which I'm thrilled about. So 
Awesome. Well, have a great night and be safe and be well. You as well. Night-night.